Hi, and welcome to the Maravics Unlimited podcast. I'm your host, Christian Roy, and this is the place to be to make your own rules, do work you love, and live life on your terms. On this podcast, we speak to Mavericks who inspire us. We aim to get the insight and wisdom from their story to give you the clarity, courage, and confidence that you need to create a life and work that you love. And let's face it, the single biggest obstacle between you and that life you love is your comfort zone. Most of us would rather stay safe and comfortable and push ourselves to take risks and become the person we know we're capable of being. If you feel like you're in danger of stagnating and not feeling as successful as you would like, listening in is an absolute must. So let's get to it. Okay, hi Mavericks. Welcome to the Mavericks podcast again. It's Christian Roy here, uh, your host for the podcast. And today we have a very special guest. We have Andy Malinsky uh, on the line with us. So hi Andy, how are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. So Andy, why don't you just tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of what brings you here today? Sure. I, uh, I'm a professor. I have a PhD in organizational behavior and psychology, and I'm a professor at Brandeis University in Boston at the International Business School. Um, I also write uh, a couple of popular books. I've written a book called Reach, about stepping outside your comfort zone. I wrote a book called uh, Global Dexterity, which is actually about stepping outside your cultural comfort zone. And I'm a frequent writer for Harvard Business Review, and I do consulting and training and all sorts of other stuff. So it sounds like there's a good fit between my interest in comfort zones and in, in, in the podcast. So I'm very excited to be here. Great. Wonderful to have you here. So uh, talking about the comfort zone thing, what what led you to write about, well, led you to write Reach and, ar- and around comfort zones? Yeah, so so it, it's funny. Um, so, so first of all, I'll say that that, that um, I, I've written a book about comfort zones. I give keynote talks. I do training in companies and so on and so forth. But I myself have always struggled stepping outside my comfort zone. <laughs> and may, may, maybe that's actually why I'm so interested in it, right? <laughs> so, right. We teach what we have to learn, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, in, in, in university, I was always very uncomfortable speaking in public, speaking in class, networking, making small talk with people I don't know, and, and so on and so forth. Um, I, it's always been a struggle for me. Um, and, and as I started to, 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 to work professionally, and my first job was as a professor, I noticed that it was also hard for other people. Uh, and, and in particular, my, my, my early work was about uh, crossing cultures, stepping outside your cultural comfort zone, going right. to another culture and having to function according to a totally different set of rules, which of course is outside your comfort zone. I wrote my book, Global Dexterity, with Harvard Business Review Press in 2013, which was about this topic, but from a cultural angle. And I got a lot of feedback from that book. Um, from people who didn't really work across cultures at all, but found the book really interesting and and, and, and helpful. And they said, hey, what do you think about, uh, have you have you considered writing a book about just acting outside your comfort zone, period? I, I then started to have one of those aha moments where I realized that in my academic work, I had been really focusing on comfort zones and stepping outside your comfort zone all uh-huh. along cross-cultural and otherwise. And so it just all came together, my own focus in my own life, my interest in the topic, other people's interest. And that's what, that's what drove me. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, obviously comfort zones is something that most people be familiar with. And I think most people think they know why they, you know, they may or may not stay within their comfort zones. But what are the kind of things that you found keep people within their comfort zone? 
Yeah, so 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 I I should say that that for the book, <clears throat> I, I I interviewed and worked with all sorts of people. So 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 of course managers and executives, but I also in, in entrepreneurs and small business owners, sort of some of the more typical people we might we might talk to and work with. But but I also expanded to doctors, police officers, therapists, actors, students, even clergy members like priests, rabbis, all right. sorts of people, um, to to get a sense of collectively across the board what seemed to keep people in their comfort zones and, and, and of course then what you can do about it. So, so, so what I found was that there are five, um, what I call psychological roadblocks that mm. keep people inside their comfort zones. Okay. Um, uh, the, the first is authenticity, the, the feeling that, that, that this, this isn't me. Um, and, 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 um, and, and, uh, and, and that's deeply uncomfortable. Um, you know, when I'm stepping outside my comfort zone in this situation, whether it's, I don't know, pitching and promoting myself or, uh, making small talk with people I don't know, or uh, selling something, whatever it might be, uh, this isn't me. And that, mm. remember, you're, you're, you're doing something kind of against the grain of your personality or habit, and that can feel deeply uncomfortable, so uncomfortable it can cause people to avoid. So that was the first um, psychological roadblock. Um, second, likability. What if people don't like this version of me? Uh. Right. So, so I, I might feel inauthentic, or I might not. But what if what if people hate this version of me? What if what if for me stepping outside my comfort zone means acting more assertively than than I than I ordinarily do? But, but what if people don't like the, the the assertive version of me? You know, that's that's a fear people have, um, and that right. can that can cause people to to not want to step outside their comfort zone. A third is competence. What if I stink at this? What if I'm really bad at this? <laughs> right. <You> know, <laughs> right? And, and, and by the way, there's a public and a private side to that. What, what if other people, what if it's pretty clear other people see me as bad at this? So not only do I feel incompetent, I, I, I know that I'm being perceived as incompetent. And so mm. just by the way, even if we stop there, we're, we're, and there are a couple more, but what, what if we stop there in, in people, there's, there's a threat to feeling inauthentic, to, to worrying that you won't be liked. To, to feeling that you're not good at what you're doing. I mean, those, just those three alone, and, and by the way, when I go into corporations or even do individual training, those are the three that pop up the most. Right, you know, right. Th that's, that's a tough nut to crack, and that alone can cause people to avoid. Right. I mean, th those are all huge, aren't they? They speak to things like the imposter syndrome, to kind of approval seeking, all of that kind of stuff. So I guess if those are the things like in the workplace or even in like people's lives that people are getting tripped up on, what, what, how do you begin to break that? How do you begin to step outside other than a sheer act of will as it were? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so, 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 so stepping outside, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, that's the key. Um, I think what, what, what people often tend to do, um, me included, is to avoid, and we're really good at avoiding. And I talk in the book, in my book, Reach, a lot about avoidance and, and how we get caught in avoidance because avoidance is very tempting, right? You know, there, it, there's a reason why we avoid, which is that you get the the short term relief of not having to do whatever it is that's that that causes you anxiety from some of the reasons I talked about. But but of course, if you avoid. Um, uh, the next time around that, 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 that task, that challenge comes, it's not going to be any easier. Right. So, so, right. so, so your question about, but how you step outside is, is the key question I was interested in as well. And, and so that, that's what I really dug into. Um, so, so, so I found, I found three core tools or strategies that, mm. that, that, 
that that helped people across the board. Um, three categories of strategies, and the, the first was was what I call conviction. Um, people who were successful at stepping outside their comfort zone, uh, avoiding avoidance, uh, you know, as it were. Um, yep we're able to kind of find their deep sense of purpose that um, in, in, in the why about why this matters, why this particular task or activity that's against the grain, maybe of my personality, certainly of my habit, why it's worth doing. It's almost like being able to give yourself psychological permission, like an antidote to avoidance. It doesn't, right. it doesn't erase the discomfort, but it can give you that motivation, that drive, that wind at your back to, to take action despite that discomfort, which in essence is courage because courage isn't the lack of fear. Courage is the ability to take action in right. spite of fear. Right. So it's almost like living into, into a bigger context, as it were, or living in a, a more empowering context. Finding something, whatever it is, like, you know, you've always like, let, let's say it's public speaking and you're afraid of public speaking, like me, hey, if, if that's the case join the rest of us. <laughs> Many people are, right? Um, <laughs> right. You know, but, but, but maybe, maybe you realize that, you know, you really think that you have something that can help people. You really do. And, and that's part of your mission, your personal mission, your company mission, whatever it is that you want to be able to help others solve a problem, um, live a, the life that they want to leave, whatever it is. And, and you know that by sharing that you have a deep, a deep conviction that by sharing your, your knowledge, you'll, you'll help people on that, on that process. That is an example of conviction, right? right. You're still going to, you're still going to feel anxious going on stage. You still might be afraid you're going to faint. <laughs> you, still, <laughs> like, you still might like pray you could avoid it, but, but, but that wind at your back might, can, 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 can help you. So that was, that was the first right. sort of uh, tool or strategy. Um, the second was 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 uh, what I call customization, and and I have to say this is one of the most sort of surprising, interesting things I found in in my work. I was I I kept seeing it, um, and, and and then I started to call it customization, and it was very exciting when you start to see something, and and, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what people are doing, and this is tremendously helpful. Mm. What customization is, it's the ability to sort of personalize, put your own spin or tweak on something because there's no one size fits all version of anything, right? And you can customize, you can make it feel just a little bit more comfortable, just a, put your own little personal spin. And that could be through body language. It could be through the actual verbal language you choose to use. It could be props, like Ooh. something you wear or bring, like, a, oh, like an actor with props. It could be staging the context. I'll, I'll give you some examples. So, yeah, please. So, for, so for example, um, uh, I, I we'll talk public speaking because that's a good one. Yeah. So 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 um, whenever I go public speaking, I always arrive early. Um, I was terrified, by the way, earlier in my career to do this. And now I do this, you know, in part for a living, right? <laughs> um, right, right, right. I always go early, right? So I'm plan so I'm customizing time. I always try to meet a couple of people before I speak because I'm now customizing the context because if I didn't do that, the context would be a bunch of sort of scary, unknown people that, you know, strangers in a sense, yep. critical strangers. Yep. But now I've customized the context a little bit by, um, by, by making it, yes, a group of strangers, but a couple of people who I actually have met. 
and they're no, no longer strangers. So I've customized the context. I don't do this, I have to tell you, but I, I, I actually got an email uh, recently from someone who does do this. They read my book, Reach, and they said, oh my gosh, I did just that. <laughs> and and what, what, what that person does with public speaking is they, they, um, they, they ask a friend uh, or a close colleague uh, to sit sort of like fifth row center, eighth row center, right oh, there. Oh, wow, yeah. And, and sort of give that sort of smiling, <laughs> uh, aff affirming feedback. Um, another way of customizing. Love maybe, maybe you maybe you script out the first sentence or two because you know that that's going to make you feel comfortable. So you'll ne you won't have that sense at the beginning of oh my god what do I say because you know what you're going to say. And I'll tell you one other thing that I do customizing public speaking, and this is something I started to do when early in my career. I started wearing a particular ring. That's an example oh. of a prop. So the ring. It's too bad we're not all here together because I could show you. The ring um, w w it has a stone in it, and that stone was a tiger is is a tiger's eye stone. It's a, it's a nice, interesting looking stone. It's a tiger's Ooh. eye stone that my uncle found in the beaches of the South Pacific during World War II. Oh, he was wow. in his he was in his early twenties. He found found the stone, came back to the United States, had it made into a ring. He always wore it. I always saw it. And then once I learned about it, what it meant that he was, you know, for him, that was pretty courageous in his early 20s to go all the way there um, in, in, in wartime and so on. I started, I started thinking of that ring as representing courage. And I started to wear it when I spoke because I was terrified of speaking. And I, I always had that little moment where I would say to myself, I mean, it wasn't like a magic ring, of course, but, sure. but I had this little, little moment where I'd say to myself, um, huh, if he could do that, I can do this. Right, 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 right. That makes, so, makes sense. Yeah, so all those things together, you know, those are examples of customization. But the thing here, what's great is that you can choose your own. This is where I think a lot of people feel powerless in situations outside their comfort zone. But the reality is, is you have more power than you think. And, and in this case, to sort of customize and personalize. Mm, mm. So that that all makes makes me think of like you know taking the baby steps and just tweaking things along the way so that you make the the, the next step uh, easier to take as it were. Yeah, and you you can you have more power actually than you think. That's the key thing. I think a lot of people, whether it's networking, whether it's small talk, whether it's sales, whether, no matter what it is, you can, you can put your own spin on it. That's probably going to make you feel just a little bit more comfortable. The point of all this stuff, the point of all the strategies is not, again, a magic formula. It's to nudge you. When you said baby steps, it's a great point. It's to nudge you. You want to nudge someone. So if there are two doors, Door one is I'm going to avoid the situation, which, as we talked about before, is pretty compelling. Door number two, or B, whatever it is, is, okay, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to give this a try. All the strategies I'm talking about nudge are trying to nudge you to door B or door two, the mm -hmm. take a leap door. And the reason why that's really important is because there's tremendous power in actually trying something and taking a leap. Because if you try something, and you take the leap and you try it, I will bet, because I keep seeing it and hearing it, people I work with, people I've interviewed constantly, what I find is that when people take the leap, um, most of the time they have a self-discovery. And that discovery is usually one of two things or maybe both. Number one, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or it could be or or and. Or, or and, 
I'm actually a little bit better at this than I thought I was. And, and when you can discover those, those are true, authentic, real self-discoveries, which by the way, you'll never discover if you avoid, right? So right. those discoveries then will increase the likelihood of trying it again and getting in a positive spiral where you're trying and experimenting and discovering and so on versus that negative spiral of avoidance. That is the whole trick to stepping outside your comfort zone mm, right there. I love that. I love that. Um, and you mentioned that there were the, there were three things. What was the third group of strategies? Though? Oh, yeah. Just quickly, um, that, that's clarity. So we talked about um, conviction. We talked about customization. The third's clarity. And, and all clarity is is the idea that it's kind of the ability to recognize and tame your emotional reaction to the situation. And oftentimes when stepping outside our comfort zones, a fear um, – a fearful situation, an anxiety, potentially anxiety-ridden situation, our fears and anxieties can get the best of us and cause us to catastrophize, to think of the worst possible situation and to assign a high probability, an unrealistically high probability to that worst possible situation. So we'll take public speaking again because we we're talking about it. So like, you know, like if I go on stage, I'm going to be a total flop. I'm going to faint on stage or I'm going to make a complete fool of myself. And it's incredibly likely this is going to happen. Therefore, I will avoid it. Right, like it's like, oh, right. like, like your the, the emotions drive you to some sort of extreme position. Um, sometimes, by the way, emotions can drive you to an extreme position on the other end, which also causes you to avoid. Which is, for example, okay, I'm only going to give a, a talk. I'm only going to speak in public if I can immediately be the best TED talker you've ever seen. And if I can't, I'm not doing it. Which again is a quite an extreme reaction on the other end. The point is that clarity is the ability to kind of like, it's almost like an, imagine that your emotions are, imagine you're like a boat at sea and the emotions are the waves and the mm. waves are rocking you back and forth. Clarity is like an anchor, a big, strong, heavy anchor that grounds you in reality. And in this case, it might be something like, you know what? I'm probably not going to be the best TED talker immediately. No one is. I'm probably also not going to faint. And I'm probably not going to make a complete fool of myself. I, I won't, I probably won't, I won't, I won't wow everyone, but you know what? I'll, I'll bet I'll be okay. And I'll bet you I will learn a lot. And the next time around, I'll be a little bit better because this is all a process. That's clear thinking. And that's, that's what I found people who were successful were sort of more likely to engage in that kind of thinking. Right. So that, that makes complete sense to me. And there's a, there's a lot of kind of, rationalization reasoning and kind of self-talk there what would you say in in that situation for example let's let's keep on the public speaking for and i think that's generally seen as the number one public uh number one fear that most people have um in that situation when you're say about to go on stage and you're well out your comfort zone and you kind of maybe in the in the grip or almost in fight or flight what what could you do in that situation because you're still going to go out in your comfort zone, right? You're not going to avoid the situation, but what can you do there to to help when the self-talk isn't necessarily going to be the thing that breaks through? Yeah, I think uh, what I think is I actually think a lot of the work is pre-work. And I think that if you, that that's why uh, I talked about conviction 
uh, I talked about customization. That's planning and preparation, whether it's sort of psychological planning or actual planning to kind of increase the odds that this situation is not is, is going to be a little bit easier, a little bit more comfortable. I'm not saying it's going to be easy and I'm not saying it's going to be completely comfortable, but increasing the odds ahead of time. So I actually think it's it's about it's about preparation. It's sort of like if you like to cook, it's about getting your mise en place set up. It's about getting all the ingredients as opposed to just diving in and saying, oh my gosh, I don't have any butter <laughs> or, oh my gosh, I don't have any sugar. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, I think preparation is the key. Now that said, if you don't prepare and then you find yourself in the situation, you're, you're probably not going to have as much access to conviction because you'll be in the throes of anxiety and it's hard to kind of, um, leverage that source of conviction if, if you haven't kind of thought about it deeply beforehand. Um, you probably won't be able to customize on the spot. You might be able to sort of access clarity, but I think that that's, that, that's hard. And, and in those cases, I think you have fewer resources um, available to you in the moment. Um, if it's a very you know, highly stressful situation and you haven't sort of done any preparation work ahead of time. So I, th- I think that that all speaks to the importance of preparation. That makes perfect sense to me. That makes perfect sense. And what I think I hear, I'm hearing, Andy, kind of underneath a lot of this as well, is almost seeing kind of stepping out of your comfort zone, not as a the, the big scary monster, but almost as a learning opportunity or a way to, as you say, making a personal discovery. No question. Absolutely. It's it's a learning opportunity. And it's also like training. I mean, it's like like anything in our lives, you know, we don't you, you mentioned earlier on this sort of step by step kind of thing. I think that's really important. You know, you don't wanna you don't wanna choose um the most uh difficult, challenging version of whatever this you know, your situation happens to be and just kind of like immediately jump into that. That's just that that's probably not wise. And it's probably going to end up, you're probably going to end up in the avoidance category for that situation over time. In other words, if you, if you say, okay, public speaking, I'm in, I'm going to choose a Ted talk and and I've never really spoken public before, but I'm going for a Ted talk right now. Go right. (laughs) That's going to be kind of setting yourself up for failure. Similarly, if you wanted to go run and you wanted to become a runner, and uh, and, there, and there's a I don't know there's a 10k um, race uh, and, uh, and and you probably you've never run before you probably don't want to wake up and say I'm in 10k let's go right very <laughs> few of us can do that but if you if, if you start slowly and you and you jog around the neighborhood and then you jog around the neighborhood twice and then you jog to, to the city center you know what I mean like you're building mm. up over time and those muscles. Are, are, are ju- the same things. You're, you're building up your confidence and courage muscles. I know it's a metaphor, but that's yeah. the same thing that you're doing when, 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 when sort of practicing stepping outside your comfort zone. I think that's the way to think about it. Cool. That's, that's, that sounds, makes, makes complete sense to me. So if, so kind of, kind of starting to round off as it were, um, if there were like three top tips that you could give uh, someone who is say, a maverick, who is, um, in a situation where they may be a little bit stuck in their life and they they maybe don't know what direction to go in. If there were three top tips you could give them to get them started, what would they be? You know, I think, uh, um, I, I think, I think discovering your, 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 your source of conviction for, for whatever it is that you're considering, like why, what's, what's in this for you? Uh, especially if it's outside your comfort zone, like why does it matter? Because if you don't, if you can't answer that question, 
and, and by the way, that question might take some thinking, right? If you can't answer that question, um, it's, it's, I think it's going to be hard over time to be able to learn to step outside your comfort zone. So I think that's really important. I also think as comfort zones come, um, I think don't underestimate how courageous and brave you can be. I think that's a that's an important tip. I think you're probably more flexible and, and courageous and brave than you give yourself credit for. You know, you, you moved uh, from, no, I know you guys are in the UK and I'm in the US, so I might use some US terms, but you moved from elementary school to middle school. You moved from middle school to high school. You moved from high school to university. You probably, you started your first job. You maybe became a manager for the first time. Yeah. You, you know, you, you maybe got married and had a kid. You had a child and you were a parent, like maybe any one of these things, these were all leaps. These all took courage. These, these were all outside your comfort zone. You've been there before, right? Don't mm. be like, don't make it be like a Teflon pan where that sense of courage slips right off. Try to, try to remember that about yourself. So I think that's really important. So what's that tip number two tip yeah. number three is to buy my book reach just kidding <laughs> I, I, I do think you should i really would love you to buy my book reach but uh but no i i don't know tip 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 three uh would would i think be the theme that we were talking about before that 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 even though step, stepping outside your comfort zone and doing something original and bold and big can can feel daunting you you do actually have more power than you think to, to kind of make it your own there's no one size fits all version of anything uh, do your version, and, and I think you'll you'll be happier and, and, and more successful. Sounds perfect. Sounds perfect. So, final question, Andy: If people want to find out more about your work and kind of what you're up to in the world, where can they find out? Yeah, check out my website, uh, which is www.andymolinsky.com. My name's spelled A-N-D-Y-M-O-L-I-N. SKY.com. I have tons of uh, free resources and articles and videos and, you know, links to my social media and books and all sorts of stuff. So that's the, that's, that's the very best way. And I encourage people to reach out. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Andy. And there's so much wisdom and so much practical value in it. And we've just talked about So thank you so much for your time today and for being on our podcast. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. No, wonderful. Thank you very much. Hey, listen up, don't go yet. Did you get something meaningful out of this episode? Well, the most meaningful thing that you can do right now is to go and leave a review on iTunes because those reviews are what keep us here. And please make sure to share and to subscribe to this podcast. Finally, are you unleashing your superpowers? Well, if so, show us on Instagram with the hashtag Mavericks Unlimited and we'll see you over there. And with that, thanks so much for listening to the Mavericks Unlimited podcast at mavericksunlimited.com. Bye for now.